You're listening to the Outfitter Pros Podcast, the show for outdoor enthusiasts by outdoor enthusiasts. On the show, we speak with outfitter owners and outdoor professionals across North America and hear their stories of turning their passion into a profession. Whether you've been in the outdoor industry for years, are thinking of pursuing your own passion as a profession, or simply want to discover new outfitters for your next adventure, this is the show for you. This week on the Outfitter Pros Podcast, I am speaking with Carrie Soulier. Carrie is a pretty phenomenal person. She is a raft guide. She's big on the river community and in the river community. Uh, she has an insurance agency called Covered with Carrie. And she has a huge heart to serve the rafting and river community because uh, most of the people that work in this industry, they actually qualify for $0 coverage and many of them are just unaware of it. And she can even help with like river race liability insurance, like all the way up to class five. She really is just focused on serving her consumers um, efficiently in her agency through automation and all of these cool kind of back end system things that she has going on that really just benefit fit the consumer in the end. So it's, it's pretty, pretty phenomenal. Her business is actually in the top 15% of agencies nationwide and is exclusively serving the outdoor community. So it's pretty phenomenal. I'm excited for you to listen to Carrie's story today and uh, to hear what she has to offer um, to, to this amazing community that we all know and love. So buckle up and get ready for our conversation with Carrie Soulier today. Well, Carrie, welcome to the Outfitter Pros podcast. I'm uh, really glad to have you here and uh, excited to talk with you today. Thanks so much for having me, Paul. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Yeah. So you're for those that might be watching this on YouTube or might be watching it on the video version on Spotify, you're in your you're in your bus. You're in your I mean, your, RV, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so talk a little bit about this RV, because like this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. But talk a little bit about this RV life you got going on here. Yeah. So 10 months ago, I did not have an RV. I did not have a house. I lived in a shack. I lived in guide housing at OAR at the Ocoee River. Um, I arrived, I think like a lot of people do, just kind of lost, a little broken, didn't have very much money. Mm -hmm. I did have a business. I owned a business, but a lot of things were going wrong in it. And I was like, mm, um, I don't have any money. I don't have a car. But things have happened in my life over the last 12 months that have given me the opportunity to buy an RV and completely change my life and my business and have so much purpose all of a sudden. It's really quite shocking. I love that. I yeah. love that. It's um, when I was a guy that was out on the Arkansas river in Colorado and we did a, we had a trial lived in a tent. Um, most of the guides did. there was a local rancher named Joe Kogan and he donated like a large piece of property for all of the guides to like have camp on and have tents and, you were an established guide you had a camper or an rv but if you were a, a rookie like me you had a tent <laughs> and um i remember just man what a cool like what a cool lifestyle it was but i was always so jealous of the guys that had like an rv and had like a legit nice like cover over their head because i would have to wake up even in june and like get the snow off of my tent because it freaking snows in june in colorado so um <laughs> yeah I love that. I love what you got going on. So I want to, I don't want to just talk about your RV today. I want to talk about you and what you got going on. Um, and this is, I'm really excited because we're both, we're both river folk. We're both river guides. Um, it's kind of how we started out in our journey. And 
you know, yours has taken you um, to this place in your business that you're at now, which is not ultimately like the the long term goal for you. And we'll talk about that as well. But I want to talk a little bit about before we you know get into what you're doing with Covered with Carrie and with your business and your dreams and goals for future businesses as well. Like, let's talk about the river. Like, what? Let's talk about kind of your what even drew you to becoming a raft guide in the first place. Oh my gosh! The first time I went whitewater rafting was just like, that's it. Like, I love this. And I met Whitewater later in life, you know, mid-20s. I, I didn't even know what it was. And I lived in West Virginia, not too far from Fayetteville. Wow. And I had no idea. I was like, I don't know what that is. Someone's like, you like that? And I was like, I don't know. Let's try it. And I went on a fun run with some people. And I was like, wow, this that was the best day I've ever had in my life. And it was just perfect. And it was that instant draw. And for the first part of like my river running, private boater, just straight up, like I went private boating. I had a lot of health issues in my life. I have an autoimmune. So I was like not consistently going all the time because I would be sick sometimes. And then I would go back to rafting. And I guess it was like four years ago, I was like, I want to go rafting all the time. Like that is what I want to do. And I worked in corporate America. And I hated it. And I was a horrible fit for the environment overall. Like, they loved me, kind of, like, but it it wasn't for me. So the first thing I did is I went to a guide training out in Colorado. Just basically, my first thought process was, I want better skills for myself. Mm. And I wanted to build skills. So I went with Katie Smith, Smith um, who owns Intentional Adventures. And we went up in um through oh crap oh shoot um but we were on the upper colorado rancho del rio there we go um but went into guide training with rowing and i was like yep i love this and it just kept transitioning and i was like i don't want to work in corporate america anymore because i want to go rafting that's all i want to do so i quit my job i worked in an insurance call center as a licensed insurance agent it paid okay but like mm. Um, and opened my own business with the intention to work less. Mm. So I could go rafting. I knew it paid terrible. I just wanted to go. Um, and I never talked about what I did for a living. I just went and it's built up. And last year I finally was like, I'm, I'm making the move. This is the year I'm going to finally go guide. Wow. Um, and I went and arrived at guide training at the Ocoee river in March of 2023. And it was so cold. That was like my first memory it was, oh my gosh, I forgot how cold March is on the Ocoee. March in the Southeast is still pretty chilly. I remember, like, and in, in, I'm not sure how old you are. You, we seem to be close to the same age, I imagine. And in the, it was 90, 93. I was a, I was a young pup in 93. I was like five or six and we had the biggest snow ever. And it was like in April. And so it was snowed like feet. And that doesn't happen much in the Southeast. And um, man, it was uh, it was awesome. So yeah, March, especially for guide training and getting in the water because you got to swim, you got to do all that. Oh my God, I hope you had a dry suit. Oh, I was, and I was one of the few that did. I felt so poorly for the, everyone that just arrived for the first time. You know, they didn't have their own PF and they didn't have anything. They got a wetsuit and splash gear. And I'm like, I don't want to go swimming at all. And there was a tree down in Broken Nose the first weekend, mm -hmm. like, and we just sat in it, I don't know, five times in a row. And I was like, I don't like this. It's so cold. Like, that's all, my memory is 
holy cow i forgot this part yeah yeah i so i i had a i didn't even go whitewater rafting i'd never been until i went to guide school and so i had like i remember i'd went on a cruise and i had met these uh i'd met this couple and they were like yeah here's a website called coolworks.com and it's nothing but cool jobs. And so I applied for two jobs. One was to be a wilderness field instructor at uh, this place in Second Nature, Second Nature Entrada. I don't even know how I remember that in Utah. And then to be a guy, a raft guide in Colorado. And the people from Colorado called me back first. And I remember I'd showed up out there, set my tent up, and I think I had a wetsuit and, you know, some booties and stuff. And it was the same thing as like, I was not in, and that was cold. Like that was even in, even in May, like it was cold water. Like it was, it was rough for sure. But I learned a lot. Where did you, you said you did some guide school out in Colorado too? I did. Well, I did guide training with Katie Smith, who owns Intentional Adventures. I had no intention of working out there. I just found, um, a lot of times I try to focus on doing women focused Mm. events. I really enjoy associating with women in the community. I find them extremely empowering overall. Um, so I went to a women's only guide training the first time. Um, and it was just an amazing experience. I loved it. Just being able to experience that surrounded by other women was extraordinary. And she is an extraordinary human being as well. Wow. That's great. That's great. So you came back to the Ocoee, you did some guide training on the Ocoee. And so like when, and that was just not so last year. Yeah. (laughs) And I was an insurance agent before, obviously. And I helped the owner of OAR with her own health insurance. That's how this all started. Um, I found her on Ladies of the Whitewater Community. That's where I found that job is I, again, went to the women. I said, I want to work in a women-friendly environment. Like, yeah. where are we going? And she stepped up and said, I own an outfitter, and I liked what she had to offer, so I went to work there. I helped her with her health insurance, and she was like, can you help everyone with health insurance? I was like, yes, I'm licensed nationwide. I can help almost everyone in the world like with health insurance. She said, well, no one here has health insurance. Mm. I was like, pardon? what do you mean no one here has health insurance (laughs) like it was I never thought about it I did not talk about what I did for a profession with my friends ever um it just seemed kind of weird to me to sell to the people that I hang out with on the weekends but health insurance is an inherent human need especially in this community and I mean I this was like stitches are here like things happen um so uh it just overall I was shocked so I enrolled her outfitter just she brought them to me the last day of the month because that's when you need to enroll to start health insurance on the first like you gotta do it by so she went to their uh cabins and went and grabbed them housing like come here you need to sit down and every single one of them except one qualified for free health insurance Wow. And the one that was not free was for two people and it was 41 cents a month. And I approached her and I was like, so um, does everyone in this industry make this? Because I've obviously never been paid in this industry. I was a private voter. I have my own raft. Like I just love sharing the joy of the river with other people. Mm -hmm. Like my favorite thing ever is taking someone down a river. They've never been down before. Um, that I know inherently well. So she was like, yep, absolutely. And that opened a real conversation of pay in this industry, mm-hmm. of what this is, of how poorly paid it is here, that everyone that I help 
generally either lives below 150% federal poverty line, which is very low income. Yeah. Um, that, that's below 20,000 in the state of Tennessee. Or they are a weekend warrior. Like that's kind of the two directions of this industry. And that's concerning. Mm. Kind of like made me think that this is not me selling something. This is me providing service in a true need. Yeah. So I I don't know why, but I decided to throw a party. I was like, I'm going to throw a taco and beer party on Cinco de Mayo. It'll be taco, beer, and free health insurance. What else do you need? Well, I, know, I have a question now. I was like, what kind of beer did you have, though? Oh, I had so much beer. I knew there was no PBR. I, like, I'm staunchly <laughs> against the PBR in life. But it's poor broke raft guide. That's what it stands for. Everybody. But I wanted to get better beer than that. Good. Like, no, I'm glad you should. Oh, That's great. So like there was cicada, um, a, lo a lot of beer. I don't even drink beer. So I went to the store and was like, hmm, this is fun. Here we go. And just like I was sending people pictures. I was like, I don't drink beer. What do I buy? <laughs> that's great well hopefully at least the people that you asked that had good taste they did <laughs> i can see that i made good choices there was not much beer left um but i remember i was just terrified because my business was not doing well but i just mm. kind of was like they like beer and tacos they'll at least come for that and if there's like a statistical odd that they don't have insurance maybe they'll talk to me yeah and I'm setting up for this party and I threw like my last 800 bucks in it pretty much like $400 on beer, $400 on tacos. And I was like, Oh, I hope this works. And I was setting up and people were there like before the party was supposed to start. And I was like, are you guys here for the party? I'm almost ready. They're like, yeah, go take your time. We're really here for the insurance. And I was like, Oh really? Oh, and interesting. you know, I enrolled that whole evening. I helped so many people at that first party that it was shocking to me because it's not heard of in my industry. In my industry, you pay money to talk to someone, like mm -hmm. in the sense that you buy data on the internet and you call right. that person. You're like, hi, I heard you need help with insurance and their data might've been sold 10 times to someone else. Wow. And instead I had people coming and saying, I need this help. And they all qualified for free insurance was shocking. And that they wanted dental and vision insurance because it was affordable, was really what it was. And after the party, I just kind of sat there and I thought about it. And I was like, this is the thing. How can I scale this and help more people? And the thought was I would go to the outfitter mm. and say, hi, this is who I am and this is how I can help. And it doesn't cost you as the outfitter anything. You just let me come talk to your employees and I'll bring food and I'll bring drinks and just let me help them. And it just kept snowballing. And all of a sudden my calendar was full and my phone never stopped ringing. Wow. And the fact was at the beginning of this, I was pretty kind of over my industry. I was like, I got to do something else in life. This is not working. I had signed bad contracts because mm. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and it was this whole learning lesson, but the the community need was so overwhelming. I couldn't see how I could abandon it. Mm. Yeah. And that's, I, I love that too. Cause it's like you, you have this passion for the river, right? Like so much so that you're, you quit your job as at the call center, as it, you know, at an insurance uh, call center. And you're like, man, I'm going to be a raft guide. I'm going to move into this. I'm going to jump into this because I love the river. I love the people. I love the community. 
And it, that kind of followed followed you along though. Like you get there and you're like, wait, there's no insurance. Like, wait, what are you, what? How does yeah. this happen? So it's like the the fact that you love the river, right? Like you didn't just leave your your desire and the helping people with insurance, right? Like you like to help people and insurance does that, especially in this industry. So one, I, I want to talk about how you kind of, um, what is that? How you kind of changed and moved into like, man, okay, maybe I can just do insurance for guides and really serve this, this niche really well. But let's talk about the, the community first. And like, what, I mean, why do you have such a passion for these people? Like, why do you have such a desire to help this specific people? I mean, I'm one of them. Like, I don't mm. think anybody arrives here knowing why they come. Mm. And I, like, I can't, I arrived lacking community, lacking support, lacking family, and I found everything I need here. Wow. Um, you know, these are my friends. These are my people. And how can it be a job when you help your friends? Mm. It's a mission, like, pure and simple. Like, yeah, you can call me at 1 a.m. if, like, your world's on fire because I care about you. And to have purpose is like inherently special because there's so many purposeless jobs in the world. Yeah. And like, I don't have to do one of those. Um, I used to answer the phone when people died. That was my job for mm -hmm. a living was I took death claims. Um, so I've just seen the worst of it. And I feel like so many people here have too, but we band together and become this family for each other. And that's important. Yeah. I love what you said at the beginning of that statement that, you know, I don't, people, I don't, and I, I'm going to butcher it. I'm, I'm going to definitely pull that part out of the pod, out of that as a clip. Cause man, I don't think people know, you know, why they, people don't know why they come here, right? They don't know how they got here or why they came, but they find something very purposeful and meaningful in that. And I just love that, that kind of that just that mysticism of the journey. Right. And like, I think if anybody's listening to this has been rafting, like, you know, there's all kinds of different types of raft guides. Like you'll see a variety of backgrounds. You'll see a variety of personas, a variety of, you know, just personalities in that. But there's like that one thing that binds us all together is the love for the river and the love of helping other people experience that joy for the first time or for the hundredth time, right? Because it, it's, it never ceases. It's always joy filled when you're on the river. And that's what I love about it too. So it's just, and the fact that you're, you know, that you're so passionate about helping those people, helping our people, right. To, um, to provide that joy and have something, have a little bit of a, of a safety net, knowing that, man, if something does happen. If I get hurt, I'm, I'm covered. I'm covered with kids. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, you're covered at a level that's actually affordable for you. You know, yeah. I I had a raft guide that flew out her knee. Actually, mm. it started as a workers' comp thing, but then like more happened. And all of a sudden she was having a second knee surgery. And I was like, you know, walking her through how to make sure this bill was as low as possible, yeah. which the most it would have been was $1,350 for blowing out her knee. Mm. Like and at the end, so far, it's looking like it's going to be less than $200. That's awesome. And that's amazing that we were able to, like, navigate that and that she just could reach out immediately. And I was like, this is a big deal. Let's make sure this happens because 
income matters here. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, the Ocoee River has, I think it's 27 active permits right now for 10 miles of river. You know, the average trip pay here is between 37 and $42 a trip. That's not enough. It's not sustainable. Medical debt should not be in mm-hmm. addition to this because, like, let's be real, if you get staph infection, like you can't go file workers comp for that probably because you have to prove the point of staff. Right. And sometimes workers comp is not part of the equation if you're murking or things like that. Like, you know, some states, the state of Tennessee, if you're working as a Merck 1099, they are not required to cover you for workers comp. It is mm. so important to have your own insurance. Insurance is a transference of risk. You're taking the risk off yourself and onto the insurance company. And the fact is you stand at the top every time and do a risk assessment and health insurance needs to be part of it. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's super insightful for sure. Um, and I'm sure there's all kinds of other states that have very similar laws and oh, and, 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 and most guides aren't going to know that stuff, right? Like they're just there for the river. They're not looking at any yeah. of that stuff. And so. a big part of this is like a corporate accountability. And I, I know for a fact there's outfitters out here that don't have workers comp because mm. they can't obtain it or they're having a hard time. So, and their employees may not know. Mm. So it's really, you need to make sure that you're properly protected because bad things happen all the time here. And like most of it's not a big deal. It's like, oh, I broke a finger or you know, I hurt my back a little bit and I need to go to the chiropractor or I need to go to the dentist because I chipped a tooth, but like not always. And Mm. whether it's a small problem or a big problem, they don't need to take care of it at the level they think they do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I think that's really, that's really good. And, and, I want to kind of like take that, right? Because you, you, it's pretty clear, like your passion for for the guide industry, for the outfitter industry, and really more just giving them the coverage that they deserve and that they need. And so how did you, other than just being an asset, right? Like when you first come in and say, okay, man, hey, I can help you. I have a background in insurance. I can help you with this. What actually inspired you to actually turn that into a full-on business model that you have now? It's so funny. It started like a year prior. Like I had been in business well over a year and somebody had called me back when they, when American Whitewater stopped providing or the ACA stopped providing um, insurance for class five races. And they're like, some insurance agent called me. was like, Carrie, I don't know. Like you don't even sell this type of insurance, but you're like a rafter. Um, and this Beaver Fest called me and they need insurance. Beaver Fest is in New York. It's a class five race. And I was like, yeah, I don't know a dang thing about that, but I'm not doing anything today. So like, I guess today I am going to know something about that. And I made this post on Facebook and at the end of it, I found somebody to handle it because it wasn't me at the time, which I can write class five liability racing now wow. events. now. Um, but I was like, Today, I found out there's two insurance agents in the country that specialize in paddle sports. I think I picked the wrong career path. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and, like, when I saw this need, I was like, I love marketing. I love doing stuff like that. But I just marketed to the general public with fair success. I was like, I could market to people that need me in ways that I understand. I can speak to them. Mm-hmm. And I just made a few posts to start, like just a couple things. Like I made a post of me holding beer in front of a, the North Fork race. And it was like, hold my beer. I can write class five insurance. That was like the first transition into yeah. this. 
And I put it on bad, bad whitewater rafting advice and was like, roast me if you want, I'll take it. I was like, but canceling all these class five events is ridiculous. I was like, you can write, I can do that now. Wow. And that was the change for me was American Whitewater reached out, ACA reached out. Um, I started connecting with like Sam Carter, the River Radius, who's a great friend now. Um, and I was like, hold on, there's a need here. And the first thing I thought was like, I need to rebrand mm -hmm. because I, my logo was like a pink umbrella at the time or something like that. And I just was like, that's not appropriate for who I'm talking to anymore mm -hmm. because they came to me and said, we're here, please help us. And you're supposed to speak to your market. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I just had an idea or cause like, it's funny. Cause like in the kayak community, right. The, for a long time, probably in the, in the early and yeah, the late two thousands, early teens. That's weird to even say that. I don't even know how to say that the early teens. Um, it was like in kind of the Brown claw, right. Everybody just threw a Brown claw that was like hooking some gnarly stuff. And so that was in the kayak thing, but it kind of transitioned over to the whitewater thing. Cause like everybody that was mostly paddling, you know, pushing rubber was paddling hard boats, uh, on, on the occasion. So I was like, I just had this idea of a logo of just like a Brown claw holding like a beer or something. That'd be a pretty sweet logo. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> sidetracked um <laughs> so so you you start covered with carrie you rebrand you have this great vision this great mission for for what you're doing what are what are some of those challenges that you faced as you kind of launched into that oh i never had enough money in the beginning <laughs> ever mm -hmm. um so my business pays very slowly um like when you own an outfitter they pay their ticket you have your money that's kind of how it works for me, I sell the product, sell the policy, and I get paid 45 to 60 days later. Oh. Um, so I was going through this massive scale that, like, when I started, la when this happened last April, May, you know, I would help maybe five to 10 people a month with health insurance. And then that went to 35, went to 75 a month, and it was just me, and I didn't have any systems or processes mm -hmm. in place. Um, like, you know, it was me, a cell phone and Excel spreadsheet trying to like keep track of everyone. And all of a sudden I'm having three, 400 clients where I had 20 before. And I was like, I have no systems. And then I got hired by, well, invited by NOC to come stay on property and roll their staff. And that's when it went boop. Um, and I instantly was like, I need automation. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that was really the big shift was changing from just being this single person just know it's text messages to moving to a fully automated system was very hard but so worth it yeah yeah now talk about that because i think most outfitters you know like i'm in the marketing side of things and so it's like most outfitters do not I would say they're 10 years behind when it comes to digital marketing, right? Adoption. So whether that be SEO, paid advertising, some of them are doing paid, but uh, automation especially. So it's like, talk about when you moved into kind of finding an automation system and like, what did that help you accomplish? Like what, what did that really take off of your plate? It removed redundant things was the mm. first and foremost. So let's say you want to make an appointment with me and I meet you out in the world I, before I have to be like, oh, here's my booking link, da, 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 da. Now I'm just like, hey, text health insurance to 304-507-8039 and my automation is going to get you intakes and like on my calendar, it's going to remind you, like you are going to answer the phone when I call me, you or you're probably going to reschedule. Like 
because my automation took all of that off my plate. So now the only thing I have to do is make the sale mm-hmm. before I had to foster the relationship from point of entry yeah. to the sale. But now I have funnels and yeah. all of this that makes sure that it's just handled. Or if someone's past due, I can just throw a tag on something and it'll mm-hmm. send them a reminder or I can send automated voicemails. It's um, in my industry, I'm required to be very compliant and use get required forms essentially like if you were like hey carrie i want you to sign me up for health insurance like that's not enough like i need to have you sign a form now i didn't have to do that beginning of this so that was another layer i had to build in because something was added um but i was able to obtain all of those during open enrollment without manually sending them myself Mm -hmm. or even talking about it just like add a tag and send out an automated email drip and it's done um, and I feel like the industry here could really marginalize on this a lot and make a lot of pro- forward movement. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I use the same automation system. Yeah. It's like a very powerful tool. And what they use in the industry now is clunky, outdated, and bad. 100%. It just did. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing you you even said is like, you know, you had to do all of those redundant business tasks of like, you know, get the relationship, nurture the relationship. And now you just focus on sales. And that's what I think so many people, especially in the outfitter industry is like, we there's all kinds of booking systems out there, right? Fair Harbors, um, Peak, like all of the all Flybook, all of these different things. But that starts immediately at the sale. And we all know that there's the, the 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 pipeline starts way before that. Like you need to get a lead and then nurture them along. And that's what these softwares, these systems are set up yeah. to really help do. And I love that. And the thing is, I'll talk, you know, I'll call an outfitter owner or whatever to chit chat. Like I called a manager a couple of weeks ago because I live at a campground and I had to pay my rent for where I'm at right now. Um, <laughs> and they answered and they were like, oh, I'm at an expo for this, that and the other. And I wanted to be like, well, how are you inbounding these leads? Are you using a QR system? Mm-hmm. What automation are you using? How are you retaining their information? How are you making sure you don't lose track of them? Yep. Because, yeah, like selling two tickets is really cool and great and all like having two clients come but selling a group Mm. is really where you want to foster and grow in this business is being a group focused business because the volume really matters because this is a very tight margin business yeah yeah unless you have extra you're not going to make a lot here unless you're really smart and make pointed business decisions right and and i and i love too, like because i your mind thinks a lot uh like the way my mind thinks and so we have these marketing brains which is is i think a blessing and a curse on occasion but (laughs) it's um because my mind never stops working and so as you as you talk about and you and i were talking uh on a phone call before we got on this this episode today um, like you, you really built out like a course, like you, you leaned in and did like a lot of really cool marketing things. Talk a little bit. And I know your course was more focused towards insurance agents, correct? But, so talk a little bit about, um, what that even could look like for, for outfitters. Like, have you ever thought about how outfitters could do something similar for their industry? I really feel that they could implement some things for like fair and industry standards and training standards across the industry by doing an automated marketing course but let's be because let's be clear you can go get trained here there wherever but there is base fundamentals in this industry that people want to know they would buy they would use and utilize not only that ways to get people onboarded as a client are super important for marketing um 
Mm -hmm. A marketing course is a marketing course. You could literally like implement it on anything. My marketing course was really like just an idea that I woke up one day and was like, I'm going to do that. Um, And I didn't think much about it, but I said, I had all these insurance agents that would just book time on my calendar, like to chat with me about what I was doing with the raft guide industry and the outdoor tourism industry. And I was like, yeah, I'm really busy for this in my life right now. Like you don't work for me. Um, I need to focus on my own business. Thank you. Goodbye. And before this happened, I was super into mentoring other insurance agents. Yeah. You want to call me and talk for two hours? I'll I'll give you my whole brain. No problem. But all of a sudden I was like, but but they wanted it so bad. Like they wanted to know that I moderate some Facebook groups and they had a lot of questions. They would message me and I was like, huh, I don't know what to do with that. And I had a friend who's very successful in it separate industry he's like what you need to do is figure out how to take this from a one-to-one transaction to a one-to-many and i just kept turning this idea over in my head like i don't know what that means i don't know what that means and i was like i can make a course and just sell it via automation and then like i only have to do it one time but i can sell it to many people right and that was kind of like this oh snap and I just kind of like posted on Facebook asking if insurance agents would be interested in that. And they were like, heck yes, we would. So I started a pre-sale and I thought like 10 people would buy it because I just wanted to gauge the interest. Yeah. And I sold $25,000 of it in 48 hours. And I was like, <laughs> what What the hell? I didn't make that much in 2019, like combined. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. And I mean, at that point, I was I was living in my guide housing. I didn't have internet in my staff housing because they let me stay even though I stopped guiding. I was like, I'm too busy to do this. And they're like, yeah, clearly you're like in a corner crying, but you can live here because you don't have anywhere else to live. Wow. And so I'm like walking to the internet and I'm like, how did I just make $25,000 in 48 hours? I'm homeless. Like, wow. I don't even own a car. <laughs> And it was like this very changing moment because I was like, I have no systems. I have no processes, but I already had my CRM. Mm -hmm. So I knew I could make one. Yeah. Yeah. I had to like hurry up and make it really fast. And I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. (laughs) So I hired someone. That was the smartest thing I ever did is I was like, I now have someone that manages my CRM. And that is my favorite human on earth these days. Cause I'm just like, this is what I need to see happen in there. And like, all of a sudden I have something else. Yeah. I love that. Like that. Cause that's what I, for, for me. So like we have the same system and I, I will, I build it out for my outfitters and for my guide clients. And I, I always tell everybody, I was like, if you can dream it, if you can think it, I can automate it. Right. And so that's the biggest thing, like having somebody, you know, whether you can do that or whether you can think it, but having somebody that can build it, and it's phenomenal because you can save so much time and energy and, and effort. That's the thing. Maybe you can do it. Could I do it? Yes. 100% you could. But that is not my area of genius. Right. Like, and me spending time doing that makes yeah. me less money in the long run. Yeah. When I could just hire someone at a lower rate, they can do it more efficiently mm-hmm. so that I can actually put my time and labor into the things that bring me income because me doing that's going to lose me income compared to outsourcing it. Yeah. No, that's really good. I mean, because that, that just comes back to like knowing what you're worth, right? Yeah. Which I think a lot of people 
you know, in our industry, you know, often struggle with that, right? Knowing what we're, even as an entrepreneur, it's, it's so easy, especially when you're first getting started to have like that imposter syndrome and to really be like, well, you know, I'll just, I'll do it for this. But it's like, no, like you, you're worth something. Your time is valuable. So that encourages me to hear like you kind of standing firm on that and saying, no, it's going to be easier and cheaper for me to just pay somebody to do this because my time is worth X amount of dollars versus what this task would take me to do. That's really good. It's important because the thing is, yes, I technically pay someone a consulting fee, but that's putting my worth into perspective because mm -hmm. that's gives me time to focus on something like I consult for other insurance agents yeah. while my hourly fee is just as comparable as that right, one because right. it's my skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the marketing course was really insane. That gave me this like concept that I can do whatever I want if I work hard enough, if I investigate mm. ideas and if I explore opportunities, because that was literally like a ha ha ha. And it's at the point I've made almost $75,000 off the thing since August. Oh my gosh. And it's why I have this RV. Yeah, and, that's so um, cool. That, you know, if I hadn't done that, I would maybe still be in housing somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I, I think what that encourages like this audience, especially if, you know, they're existing outfitters or if they're thinking about starting an outfitter um, themselves is, you know, we live in a very seasonal, most, most places it's a very seasonal thing. Like if you live in Florida, then maybe, yes, you can do it year round, but most places where there's white water, that's very seasonal. Um, and so even for fly fishing or, you know, different kinds of fishing guides, it's very seasonal and what, and this is where I kind of think is like, how do we, how do we help those people come up with some kind of sustainable income opportunities in the slow months? And that's where I think those courses could come in for them. You know, maybe they're, and they're not going to make a marketing course, obviously, but they're going to make, Hey, here's a, you know, a, a fly tying course. Here is a course on how here's some, you know, like reading whitewater. Here's some yeah. here's, like stuff like that could be really like, valuable for people. Someone made a course on how to tie knots. Like I would buy it. 100%. I would. If you bought me, if you sold me a nice, well-automated course on how to tie all the knots in the world, please sell that to me. I would love that <laughs> because I can go and dig on YouTube and whatever. Right. But it's not the same as an interactive course. Yeah. Like mine is full of click here's, go here's, look at this. It's very in-depth. And that's the thing. It doesn't need to make you a million dollars. It's about having a sustainable income mm -hmm. and like elevating the lifestyle. I feel like there's this deep acceptance here that it's okay to live in poor housing conditions. It's okay to be poorly paid. Right. And it's really about knowing your worth. Yeah. And the fact is this is an industry of experience and skill and it's repressed in income. Mm -hmm. The wages haven't changed here since the seventies. That's crazy. My best friend has been in the industry for 25 years and, you know, I'm going to guide this year up in West Virginia. And they looked at my pay and they went, oh, that was my first pay at my first job in the 80s. Wow. And I was like, well, you know, trip pay is predatory. I know that. That's why I have to have another job. Right, right. Is if I want to guide, I have to, I can't live on that, like, sustainably, in my opinion. Um. So it's really this thought of what else can we do? How can we elevate our industry? How can we call for more within? And part of that is just doing more ourselves and elevating the lifestyle that we live. Like just because you like to be a dirtbag doesn't mean you need to live in somewhere filled with mold. Right, right. Like it's That's not true. acceptable. Like I yeah. had to throw away most of my stuff when I left my last housing because it was full of black mold. Mm. Wow. 
Yeah. yeah, we need to we need to up those uh, those expectations yeah. and up those standards a little bit for sure. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty clear to see your passion and to hear your passion uh, for those that are just listening to this. And so um, that it, that excites me and that's contagious for me. So like I'm just it, it's I'm excited and encouraged just talking to you. And I know that our listeners are going to be, you know, are encouraged and excited right now, too. So, and I think I know the answer to this, but like, if, if you could say like, I, what's your one single why behind running your business? What is it? So I have a 550 credit score. I came from like a poverty background. I want to own an outfitter, like mm. pure and simple. That is my long-term goal. And the thing is you either have to have good credit good family history of back like wealthy higher upper income or you did something else in life to get to owning an outfitter like you know you see people that are lawyers um my friend Russ is a lawyer and he just opened an outfitter and he's older um because he did something else in life first to have the income to do it and I get to take care of my humans like Mm -hmm. my people and have this long-term plan that someday I can open an outfitter and have it be well run. My people will be well compensated. They will be part of a union. Like pure yeah. and simple, that is what it's going to be. They are going to have health insurance and I'm going to figure out how to make it year round employment because you can do that if you have something else going on. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I love, love that vision behind that. Um, as you've been doing this. And so when, now when, when did you, you said it's been in the last year or so that you <laughs> just really started to cover with Carrie, right? Um, so what has been in this last year one and you you've talked about several but what has been one of the most memorable experiences that you've had while running your business it could be related to a client you serve it could be related to a trip that you took with a client like it could be anything but like what's one of the most memorable experiences you've had in this last year running your business honestly coming home is the most memorable thing so mm-hmm. i left to arizona for the winter i went out and bought my rv in utah and spent but, but I had to come home early because I had to make RV repairs. And I came home and this wasn't home when I arrived here a year mm. ago. Like it wasn't, I'm not from Macaui. I'm not, I, I'm from nowhere, but um, like I, I walked in every single place and it was, you're back. We missed you. Like, mm. this is your community. These are my people. And that is going to be with me forever. Yeah. Wow. Just uh I mean, because that's, that's, I think, born into us, right, is like this desire to be known and to know other people and, and somebody. To and, have and, a safe space. Yeah, to have a safe space where you're loved and you're welcomed, like exactly as you are, right? And to have that, and a lot of people search their entire lives and, and struggle to find that, right? But for you to find that in the river community, it's it makes sense, right? Because like the river community is probably the dopest community on earth, but I'm oh, just part of it. So. <laughs> um, I, that's, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So as we, and, and too, like this, as you look at your, your business, right? You said there's a handful of other people that are kind of, you know, serving class five policies or this, but like, as you look at, you know, because I know of several other like, maybe guide for liability guide insurances, things like that, but health insurance, like what makes your business different from maybe some of your competitors that might be offering the same thing as you? I don't think it's inherently different in the sense that I'm offering the same product. It's that I built a platform mm. that is targeted towards the community. Like you could text the word Grand Canyon to my system right now 
and something will happen because I found that people really seem to think about me about 24 hours before they go to the Grand Canyon. And like, that's now a really <laughs> early So like, if you say the word Grand Canyon to me, like it's now making you fill out your form right now. It's sending me a text message in 10 minutes once it feels verified that you filled out your form. Mm. So that I can get you helped right away. I've built this model that's focused on the community. Um, and that means like I look through the plans with us in mind because there's 4,000 plans on there, you know, on Marketplace. If you buy yeah. it through there, there could be 37 pages depending where you live. True. And I know the appropriate plan for the general person. Is it one size fits all? No. Like once you and I get in a conversation, it might not be that. But if you're a 28-year-old dude, who just needs some health insurance to back it up. Like I'll um, be like, here's your plan with free primary $5 urgent care, free physical therapy, free generic drugs, free mental health. Like I got you, bro. Like if you break your arm, you'll pay 25% up to 1700 bucks. Have a wow. good day. And most of them go through the whole year spending little to nothing because mm -hmm. I met the needs of our community overall yeah. because our demographics. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's phenomenal. And too, like the fact that, that, you know, the industry, like, you know, the language, like most insurance places, right? Yeah. We, you said there's really not much difference there that we serve the same policies. We could do this. You set yourself apart because you are a rafter. You are a guide. Like, you know, the language, you know, the people, you know, the needs. And so like that, uh, that right there is, is phenomenal. And I think that's what should make people choose you over anybody else. So well, yeah. Um, so if you, okay, this is, as we're kind of coming to a close here, um, what, I have two more questions. So what is the absolute most favorite thing for you in running your business? Treating my employees better than I ever was treating myself. Mm -hmm. So my favorite part of this is I've been able to hire salary staff. Wow. Like I have salary staff get it yeah it that's crazy. awesome I pay them more than I was paid two years ago like I, I probably more than I pay myself now but mm. I don't care about money but like being able to say that we work with a community that it's okay to take Friday afternoons off and that you know we are going to close for a week on Christmas but we're still here and being able to do that because of this community is amazing that is my favorite thing like you want to take the day off because you're having a bad day go for it, do it. yeah I love it. You would be an awesome boss. You 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 are an awesome boss. It sounds like so. You're they're, they're lucky to work for you, and the future guides that you're going to employ are going to be super lucky to work for you. Um, yeah, work with you. I should say, work with you. That's not what for it you. is. Work with you. Um, all right, Carrie. As we're as we're kind of closing this down, you know, I this is another favorite question I have to ask, and I think your story it really exemplifies this as well. You know, there's three types of people that really listen to this show, current outfitters, guides that have been running a business. Um, you know, they're they're learning from you. They're hearing your story. They're remembering when they were there. or Maybe they're looking forward to when they get to that point. Um, and they're encouraged. There's people that are just, you know, out here listening for, man, hey, when can I take a, you know, a trip? They're looking for an outfitter. And so you're outdoor adjacent. They might be a guide, right? That's looking for somebody to do a trip with. Um, and now they're finding somebody that's going to give them insurance. But the third person, third category who I'm the most passionate about is the person who 
has a passion. They have this idea, this desire, this dream to take this passion, be it guiding, fishing, hiking, whatever it is, and to turn it into their profession. What would you say to encourage that person right now that's thinking about launching an outfitter and pursuing their passion? The first thing you should do is find the people that have what you want and mm-hmm. you should ask them if they got it. So I didn't get all this out of the blue. I've been an insurance agent for years and I asked the questions every step of the way. I went and found the successful people. I told them I wanted to be better and I asked them if they would help me and they did. So you need to go out and you need to make a vision of what you want and see who's similar in the world and ask them if they'll help you because there's plenty here for everyone if you do it well. Mm. That's really good. Yeah. And then so many people that I've spoke to is like, it's the same answer, right? Like find a mentor, find somebody doing this that's ahead of you and just learn, be humble, learn and and then just stick to it and have some grit and determination and you'll be successful in whatever you do. So it's easy um, to succeed and it's easy to fail. It just depends which one you put the time and effort into. Yeah, yeah that's really good. That's really good. Well, Carrie, um, how can people find you if they maybe they're an outfitter looking to, you know, try to serve their their guides? Maybe they're an individual, an independent guide looking to get insurance. How can people get a hold of you? Where can they find you and learn more about what you do? You can go to the website to book some time to chat. It's coveredwithcarry.com. You can shoot us a text at 304-307-8039. Or you can send us an email to carry at coveredwithcarry.com. And I would love if you followed me on Facebook. It's Carrie Grace Soulier. And if you just put in Carrie Grace, it'll be the first one that comes up. Very cool. And I'll, uh, of course, link that in the show notes. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be in the description below. Um, Carrie, I'm I'm so excited and so encouraged by just your story and your journey. And uh, you're just a cool person too. So like, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful to uh, have gotten to speak to you for the last hour. Uh, and when we spoke last week as well, but I'm excited to see you grow and watch uh, kind of where you go from here. So thank yeah, you for coming I on the show. Yeah, I hope we go for a ride down the Noli in my raft soon. Bring it up. I'll, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I will talk to you soon, Paul. I loved this. All right. Me too. Thank you so much, Carrie. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Outfitter Pros Podcast, do us a favor, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe. And the second thing you can do is leave us a review. This this really helps us to get more traction, get more exposure on the platform that you're listening to so we can continue to share the stories of outdoor entrepreneurs across North America and inspire the next generation to pursue their passion for their profession.